BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, what February 23rd is just moments away. But before we go any further, we need to thank our sponsors. Sponsors like SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. The Chicago Federation of Labor are sponsors. All right, we're good. Oh, Ben, your camera fell. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hold on now. I'm telling you, dude. The camera keys, you get some duct tape, duck it down. Oh, that's what... <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> duct tape. Okay, duct tape. there we go. Ben's there back. Ben's what, back. What a good looking guy. Hey, the Chicago. Yeah, the, okay, watch your language. The Chicago Federation of Labor are sponsors, as well as the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know about the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what the people are thinking about the politics. The mayor, aldermen, women, so much. Uh, the Chicago Reader, go check it out. Also, chicagoreader.com slash Jarofsky for all things there is to know about the latest book from our very own Ben Jarofsky. It's the greatest hits. Go check it out. Also, become a binhead. That's right. That's what we're calling fans of the show. Binhead. Are you a binhead? Well, we're going to find out. ChicagoReader.com slash Jarofsky for more information uh, and how you can help the program. Do I sound okay? Oh, Sound good. That's a thumbs up. All right. Hey, what's going on, Terry? Pat Rod's on early. What's happening, man? All right. You do have a song of the day. Your song of the day is Who Loves You by Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Who loves you, baby, baby? Who loves you, really? Da, da, da. Mm. That's, he's not really falsetto. <laughs> mm. You know, usually he's like, candy, candy. Ooh. Oh, no, it's Sherry. Sherry, baby. And this one is kind of like the more mature Frankie Valley. Who loves you, baby, baby? All that's, all that's in the song? I've never heard it. All that's in there, that talking part and everything that you were doing? Wow, what a weird no, song. None oh. of that's in it. Because oh. I, I don't know the <laughs> words, so I just... It's called improv, gee, you know, it's just mastering the craft. Sorry for the delay, live stream, folks, but we are good to go. We are live, and the Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Tuesday, February 23rd, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's the long-awaited return of our Chicago Reader colleague, Maya Duke Masaba. And now your host, of the long-awaited return, it's been about three days, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Yeah, hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Near a No Tuesday, and here's why. Good weekend. You have a good weekend, D? Let me think. Yes, I did. Very good weekend. Uh, Very relaxing. Do any skiing this weekend? (laughs) No. No, unfortunately not. (laughs) Unfortunately not. Couldn't get it in my schedule. Yeah, a little disappointed. I love the idea of D on the slope. Fume, fume, Jean-Claude Dealey. (laughs) Get it? I like Dr. Ski. (laughs) 
Dr. Ski. <laughs> Doc, back home and on, they call him Dr. Ski. Anyway, so some great flicks this weekend, the swimming pool. Uh, so good. I don't know if you can, anybody else can see it. It came out in 2003. Took me a while to catch up. Promising young woman, Carrie Mulligan, one of those flicks that I'm a little embarrassed to admit how much I liked it because upon reflection, what a dumb movie. Plus, I was up late reading The Flight Attendant, a real page turner. And anyway, there was so much news confronting me when I finally woke up all blurry-eyed today because I've been up uh, so late last night that I decided to zero in on something that nobody else is talking about because that's how we roll, Dr. D. Hey, can we get a brand new impression on the Ben Jarofsky show? Can we hear zeroing in? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, watch this. And and I'm like I I'm doing the uh, like a little mime too. You can see that on the camera. We ever get these cameras back? Oh yeah, let's get them back uh, where they just fall crazy. off your computer and just we see your ceiling for about three minutes. Let's do yeah. Let's let's get that going. Uh, it's true. Right? <laughs> Because uh, yeah, the camera thing, I take it down. I should probably just leave it up. But then I have this weird paranoia. May I share this with you, D? Sure. I have this weird paranoia that someone's watching me through the camera. Oh. Now, I know that's weird. You're thinking, oh, Christ, I work with this boomer. But it's true. It's like, we're watching you. So I always take the camera down when I'm not doing the show. And then it's difficult to get it back. Anyway, focus, Ben, focus. <laughs> I'm concentrating on the scandal that we know as near a gate. Yes, yes, I know I'm not supposed to say gate anymore, but old habits are hard to break. Can't help myself, to quote the four tops. All right, let me remind you, Neera Tannen is a Democratic strategist and operative who used to work for Hillary Clinton, and she loves Hillary Clinton, ladies and gentlemen, very, very much. Joe Biden nominated her to lead the House Office of Management and Budget. Budget, excuse me. Supposedly, she's really smart and can handle the job, but that's not the problem. The problem is her tweeting. She's a compulsive tweeter, or used to be. She used to stay up all late into the wee hours tweeting, and it didn't matter who was tweeting back. It could be some kid in high school. She'd be smack talking him. Don't you say anything bad about Hillary Clinton? I mean, I can kind of relate because I'm up late at night reading. The flight attendant, it's four in the morning. My wife's, Betty, come to bed already. No, this is a great part. So I can kind of relate to Neera Tannen up all night tweeting. Generally insults the Republicans and Bernie Sanders supporters. She hates Bernie Sanders supporters, which is a little odd, I might say, for a Democrat. Just saying. Now, I know a lot of you Hillary Clinton fans out there are still licking your wounds over 2016, and you somehow or other have convinced yourself that Bernie is the reason you lost. I understand that, okay? I still have not gotten over what? What have I not gotten over yet, D, that I still blame people? 1972, George McGovern lost. Still mad at Richard Daly. Could have been a better sport, got it out the vote for him. Okay, so I can understand holding grudges for a long time, Hillary Clinton supporters. But come on, stop picking on Bernie supporters. Bernie came out and campaigned for Hillary eventually. Come on. Anyway, it was Neera Tannen who tweeted, and I quote, vampires have more heart than Ted Cruz, <laughs> which factually is true or would be true if vampires really existed uh, because Ted Cruz clearly has no heart. 
But accuracy is not the issue here, ladies and gentlemen. Civility is. And in the post-Trump era, Democrats are supposed to be civil to Republicans. They're even supposed to be civil to Bernie Sanders supporters. But I don't know any Democrat who is threatening not to vote for Neera Tandon because she was nasty and mean to Bernie supporters, just saying. By the way, it's only Democrats who are supposed to be civil. Republicans are free to be as mean and nasty as they want to be because they never complained about it when Trump was being uncivil. So it wouldn't be hypocritical for them to suddenly complain about it if that follows. Anyway, in an effort to be civil, Tandon deleted the offensive tweets, apologized for making them, and promised never, ever, ever to tweet nasty tweets again. But apparently she still doesn't have the votes to pass. It's 50-50 in the Senate, as you all know, so she needs every single Democratic vote if she's not going to get any Republican votes. And Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia has already said he's going to vote against her because she was uncivil to Republicans. Now, one word about Bernie Sanders supporters, but she was mean to Ted Cruz. So she can only get pass. She can only be... uh, confirmed if at least one Republican votes for her. But all the likely candidates, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, have said they're voting against her. Collins has raised uh, a very unusual explanation that maybe had me thinking. She's concerned about Tandon's commitment to transparency since Tandon erased all those tweets. It's not so bad, according to Collins, that Tandon made the tweets, but it's untransparent to delete them. And I can see the logic there. My attitude is if you tweeted, stand by them. Let the record stand. Now the question is, D, how would I vote if I were senator? Drumroll. I would vote no. Yes, that's correct, D. I would vote no. Her erasing tweets would be like me erasing old columns. You know, old defensive columns that I'm embarrassed about. You know, there's a few of them out there. My line in this is, if you can't do the time, Don't do the crime. Not that tweeting is a crime or column writing, but you get the point. We got a great show today, everyone. Maya Dukmasov will be here. She's not erasing old tweets. Oh, hell no. Maya, (laughs) Maya, Maya. Come on. You know what my favorite Maya appearances are? When something happens right before she comes on the show and she's just too fired up to, like, censor herself in any way. And we get, like, yeah. Maya riffing on guitar. Wow, wow. Like that great moment when the... A good question, Madam Mayor. Good question. Remember that one? Of course. That was one of my favorite Maya appearances. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was because of Maya. It was because of Maya. Maya went and saw Hillary uh, Clinton being interviewed by Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Some of the puffiest softball questions you can imagine. Without any sense of irony about it. Without, like, making jokes about it or anything. And then that one puffball question and Hillary goes, oh, good question, Madam Mayor. Good question. Maya came in all fired up. So she's going to be fired up today. We'll be talking about policing matters uh, in the city of Chicago uh, with Maya. But before we do that, the young man from Alton, actually from Godfrey. Yes. Born in Alton, raised in Godfrey. A lot of people don't know this. The man got (laughs) Fridians. You got me on that one. I don't know what that would be. But yes, Godfrey, Illinois, right next to Alton. Right. The man that people from Godfrey, the man that Miles Davis likes to call Dr. D with the news. Hey there. Dennis here. 
how did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. <laughs> I never get tired of that one. That's right up there with Raylo. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> Oh, my God. Sorry, D. Focus, Ben. Focus. All right. So let's zero in on what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Ben, zero in. Zero in. That's good stuff. I think. I don't know. I got maybe good stuff. I'm not sure. Jury's still out. You know, do you think Rush Limbaugh came up with stuff like that? I've been thinking a lot about Rush Limbaugh lately. You know, they don't say, say what you will about his politics. But he was a maestro of radio. Oh, yeah? Did he ever come up with... You know, I think uh, on occasion I did hear that from time to time. These damn hippies. <laughs> Doing his own voice. And... These damn hippies. Oh, God. I'll tell you what hell is. Hell is in a car going from Chicago to Cal with Steve the Admit salesman saying, hey, I got a great idea. Let's listen to Rush Limbaugh. No, Steve. No, uh, I really like him. Let's go to the news chopper here. These damn dirty hippies. But hey, no, that's okay. That's fine. It's a Tuesday. We're having fun. We begin in Illinois. Yes, Mike Madigan. Again, again, again. Step down. <laughs> you know, Republican Congressman Mike Boast, I know you're sick of it. I'm sick of it! Every year! We give power to one person! But your dreams may soon be a reality, sir. All right? But first, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Today, the governor was at Washington Middle School in Springfield at 11 a.m. to announce the expansion of a monthly food benefits program to help children across Illinois. He was then at the Illinois Emergency Management Agency in Springfield at 1230, like a half hour ago, to discuss a low interest loan program to help communities with utility costs. You know, that's really nice. But you know, it makes you kind of wonder, Ben, how many vaccine shots has Governor J.B. Pritzker got? You hogging all the shots, dude? You're going to all these places? I think he's got the shots I'm supposed to get. By the way, still on some uh, waiting list for the shot. I'm like the only guy. Oh, sorry, Ben, not for you. You don't know the right people. You got to know the right people to get that shot. That's how it works in Illinois. That's how it works in Chicago. You got to know somebody. JP, wherever JB goes, it's like a promotional thing, you know, to, to highlight the importance of getting the shot. You think he just gets another shot, they Well, you know, uh, what the hell? <laughs> Since you uh, got the needle out, yeah, what the hell? Pop me some. It's sort of like, I wonder what the, I haven't read this. I haven't read the science. I haven't read the science of this, D. Like, what's the science on getting more than one shot? Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that give you even more protection? JB, just for the heck of it, I'll have one for the road. Right, that's okay, what I'm saying. Yeah. He's going on his vaccination tour. Hey, you know what? Before I get out of here, hit me. Hit me. <laughs> come on, big guy. <laughs> and I don't even want a Band-Aid. No, come on. I don't need a Band-Aid. You know, after the shot, they put the Band-Aid on. Yeah. Band-Aids are for wimps. I'm the governor. So Governor Pritzker followed his big budget address last week. We're going to have to make some painful cut with a big bill signing this week. Ben, can we just reelect him right now? Can we just get this over with? Yes. I, I want to reelect him right now. He's the one. Everybody hates him these days, so I kind of like him. 
That's how I roll, D. Everybody goes this way, I go that way. <laughs> Governor J.B. Pritzker signed a sweeping criminal justice bill into law Monday. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, that's a brand new sound effect. Hey, now, that wasn't in the pre-show meeting. <laughs> Was the other one? I can't remember. <laughs> no. Zeroing in? <laughs> Governor Pritzker signed a sweeping criminal justice bill into law Monday, moving Illinois closer to ending cash bail and requiring police officers to wear body cameras, arguing the package will lead to, quote, true safety, true fairness and true justice. The 764-page criminal justice bill was crafted by the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus. It passed the General Assembly last month during the legislature's lame duck session. It ends cash bail in the state, creates a statewide certification program for police officers, mandates three phone calls for detainees, and allows for more judicial discretion in sentencing. Ahead of the signing, Pritzker said the bill, quote, marks a substantial step towards dismantling Dismantling the systemic racism that plagues our communities, our state, and our nation, and brings the state closer to, quote, true safety, true fairness, and true justice. Uh, I do have the Republican response here. Uh, I'll go ahead and read it real quick before we go to Ben. Republicans do disagree, calling the new law, quote, an insult to our first responders, law enforcement, and the law-abiding citizens. House Republican leader Jimmy D. Jim Durkin said the governor's decision to sign the bill shows he's, quote, turned his back on the, quote, good men and women of law enforcement. Uh, Jimmy D. goes on here saying the governor's support of House Bill 3653 is an insult to our first responders, law enforcement, and law-abiding citizens of Illinois who want to live free of violence and destruction from the criminal element. It's clear the Governor Pritzker does not understand this bill and what it means to our criminal justice system. Illinois and its citizens will not be safer because of this bill. At a crucial time when we should coalesce around the good men and women of law enforcement, Governor Pritzker has turned his back on them with his signature on House Bill 36. Five three representative uh, Republican at Mokina, Tim Ozinga, said he was disappointed that the governor, quote, decided to toss these concerns aside instead of vetoing this legislation and allow the General Assembly to do our work correctly. And a coalition of Illinois law enforcement leadership said in a January statement, the quote, so-called reforms in the bill would destroy law enforcement's ability to keep communities safe. What a bunch of BS. What a bunch of frauds. Are you kidding me? First of all, where were these Republicans on January 6th when the mob was assailing the Capitol to overturn the election? The guy was whacking a cop over the head with a hockey stick. Where, where were the Republicans then? It's, they're so full of... Where, remember when the one good thing and I, we praised him on the show, Donnie Trump, somehow or other. I don't know what it was from or what got into him. But remember he was going to, quote, unquote, reform uh, the prison process. People who are in jail for a prison for a long, long time would have an easier time. First step, Bill. Remember how proud he was of that? He spoke about it at the convention. They had the lady who was let out of prison uh, in Kentucky speak on his behalf. It was the reason Kanye West endorsed him. Remember Kanye West in the White House asking for him to have consideration for Larry Hoover, the notorious gangster from Chicago who's in federal prison? Remember how Trump was nodding his head? Remember all that, D? Where was Jimmy Durkin for that? 
guys are such frauds. How about when Ice Cube endorsed or all but endorsed Donald Trump? Remember Ice Cube wrote the song, Fuck the Police? Where was Jimmy D for that? Guys are such frauds. They never want to work on anything together. Cash bail. How is that going to, if you, if you keep people locked up, uh, just suspects, they haven't quote unquote been, they're still innocent and to presume guilty. Isn't that what's the standards that was applied for Donald Trump? So you're innocent until proven guilty as long as you're a white guy and a Republican. Okay, I get it. You're innocent until proven guilty as long as you're a white guy with a hockey stick whacking a cop over the head. But if you're a black guy picked up for a joint, uh uh-uh, you're guilty. Go to jail. God, this is such that's why you can't deal with him, D. Can't deal with the Republic. I'm looking for a Republic trouble. Oh, let's be civil. Let's compromise. So let's say you're for criminal justice reform with Donnie Trump's proposing it, but you're against it when it's a Democrat like JP Pritz. What a bunch of frauds. F R A U D. Frauds. Why? Right, wait a minute. Can we redo that? Let me put the S on the end of that. Yeah, let's redo that. Okay, here we go. Just spell it again. Three, <laughs> two, one, go. <laughs> F. R-A-U-D-S, frauds. By the way, folks, I know Dennis's tricks. He goes, don't worry, Ben, I'll uh, correct it uh, for the podcast. And then listen to the podcast. He leaves it in there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I just, Republicans just like knee-jerk opposition to any idea that a Democrat comes up with the state of Illinois. They never work together. And, uh, but, a Republican comes up with a similar idea. Oh, it's a great idea. Wow. Remember when uh, Donald Trump was trying to win, and Republicans, not just Donnie Trump, were trying to win over black voters? Oh, criminal justice reform that Donald Trump signed. Only Donald Trump could sign it. Well, here's why only Donald Trump could sign something like that. Because whenever a Democrat makes any move for legitimate criminal justice reform that will help some ordinary guy, some ordinary black guy on the west or south sides of Chicago, you can guarantee that a whole chorus of white Republicans will stand up in Springfield and go, this is dangerous to law enforcement. That crime, that law and order rhetoric that's left over from the days of Richard Nixon and the Southern strategy still prevails in Jimmy Durkin's mind. So that's why you want to know why Democrats, this this is the game Republicans play. They just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And Democrats so scared of those swing voters in Wisconsin then try to comply with the Republicans and, and like dilute their legislation. In this case, Pritzker does the right thing and he's just sailed as being anti-police. Frauds. Absolutely. Where's Jared Kushner to denounce Jim Durkin? Where's Ivanka? <clears throat> Where's Donald Trump? Where's Kanye West? <laughs> what a bunch of frauds, D. What a bunch of frauds. So what do you say? Like he's had like 75 vaccine shots by now? <laughs> 65? What do you think? What do you think? What's the ballpark? The over-under is 50. Oh, 50. All right. <laughs> yeah. Live stream you know, chat. Weigh in. Just just one for the road. It's like some people have a cocktail. Yeah, just top it off. <laughs> just top it off. You know, like a half a vaccine. Sometimes it's just a half, D. You got about a half a vaccine. Yeah, I might throw it in there, huh? You know? All right. I'm still waiting for my first, by the way. <laughs> Anytime you want to give me a vaccine, JB. No. Okay by me. And you know, since we're talking about our Illinois friends of the conservative persuasion, 
Oh, watch out. Got some fireworks here. It is official. <laughs> While facing a packed in, almost entirely unmasked crowd of supporters. <laughs> what else? What else? The downstate senator, Darren Bailey. That is correct. That guy. That is correct. Off his bid. Oh my, they're party to run for governor and unseat Governor JB Pritzker next year. Citing that the utter failure of the Chicago Democrat. How many shots thinks DB's had, by the way? <laughs> I don't have a shot. I don't believe in it. I don't need it. Before hundreds of supporters at the Thelma Keller Convention Center, he portrayed himself as an everyman who can unify forgotten residents. Here are the quotes from Darren Bailey's gubernatorial announcement. And Ben, not that I'm keeping track or anything, I called it, quote, here we go. Governor Pritzker and the Democrats have failed us, and it's time to fix it, the state senator from Southern Illinois told the crowd. Governor Pritzker says it's not a big deal that people are leaving the state in droves. 850000 is not a trickle, Governor. It's a torrent. <laughs> Bailey, 54 years old, has made a name for himself battling Pritzker over COVID-19 and arguing the downstate Illinois should break away from Chicago. If you didn't know that, by the way, welcome to the Ben Jarofsky Show. We talk about it like every day. You must be new. Uh, but on Monday, far too long citizens of Illinois have been left without a voice. Bailey said, people in Illinois have been divided. We've been used. We've been mocked. We've been marginalized. People in Illinois have been ignored based on their race. They've been ignored based on their class, their zip code, or by special interests. So it's officially official, I guess, Ben. Darren Bailey is running for governor against J.B. Pritzker. Well, let the record show, as Dennis pointed out, that Dr. D, I'm giving him a shout out, uh, was the first uh, to comment that obviously DB Dare Bailey is getting ready to run for governor. I remember it was a, it was a news update. We, yes, the Ben Jarofsky show has a, a, a special obsession with DB Dare Bailey, and we were talking about him for a long time. That's always funny, D, when uh, when he announced that you could tell that everybody listens to the Ben Jarofsky show because I'm reading like the Tribune account of it. He goes, uh, You may not know, but Darren Bailey, and then they feel like, What can we say about Darren Bailey that your average Chicago Tribune reader would then go, Oh, that guy? And so they go, Well, he's the one who didn't wear the face mask, and Michael Madigan kicked him out. And then Chicago Tribune readers all over the north side of Chicago go, oh, that guy. You don't know him as Big DB. Big Feller from downstate Illinois. Okay? <laughs> he was one of the guys uh, who was, they thought like Rauner was too wimpy. That's how conservative he is. He's like to the right of Rauner. He's going to unite us. By the way, a, sh a special shout out to Jim Coogan. Ace attorney and frequent uh, guest on the Ben Jarofsky show talking about legal issues. Uh, Jim was w all over this story, D. And when I woke up at the ungodly early hour of 945, yes, I was up early today, D, chopping wood. I found a, uh, a text already from me from uh, Jim, <laughs> Jimmy Coogan uh, announcing, you know, showing me that uh, Dara Bailey had announced. And uh, so thank you, Jim, for the uh, update. And yes, it's not a surprise at all. It's uh, to listeners of the show, he was clearly positioning himself as the heir to uh, Genie Ives and the real like far right nut nut wing party part of the Republican Party, which seems to be the only part of the Republican Party 
D, I especially liked, he had his uh, statement in his announcement speech about wanting to unify the state. I had a laugh. You know, I think of a lot of things when I think of uh, Darren Bailey. Don't think of him as a unifier. And if you recall, the finest moment, Jim Durkin, I'm mean, give me a shout out, Jim Durkin, okay? The finest moment when Jim Durkin summoned up the courage to criticize one of the anti uh Pritzker protester had a sign with a swastika on it. And he said, you know, that's not where we, that's not where we're at. That's not where Republicans should stand for. We shouldn't go around with swastikas. DB said, well, I'm not sure. Oh, that was really a uh, Republican. Could have been one of those Antifa. He said the same thing about the, uh, the rioters at the Capitol. So that's great moments and bringing everybody together. He's not quite sure he's ready to criticize the clear Republican for the swastika. Remember when he came to Chicago, D? Remember that story from the the the, the summer? D, uh, Darren Bailey had a, a rally. It was, no, I think it was spring. I think it was before the George Floyd murder. Good God, we've been in the pandemic for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they had the rally at uh, Buckingham Fountain and they weren't wearing masks. And police officers just said, all right, enough of this. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Remember that day? And his speech was along the line that Chicago, he, Chicago's like unruly child. Every now and then you have to discipline Chicago. Hey, there you go. That That's a great campaign theme for the city of Chicago. I'm going to come to Chicago and give you a spanking. <laughs> I mean, there may be some people who enjoy that, but. Well, I heard he went to City Hall and put a put ketchup on a hot dog and showed it to everybody. Look at me, Chicago, huh? Take that. (laughs) Okay. If he were to have done that, there would be nothing wrong with that. If you like ketchup on your hot dog, feel free to put ketchup on your hot dog, okay? It's not the Chicago, they dibs. What's your position on dibs? That'll be the first. (laughs) Well, they call me dibs sometimes because I'm DB. Oh, that's cool. I like that. That's cool. That's cool. Also, I think he was quoted in saying, yeah, the pizza's not that good anyway. Like, come on. Come on, Darren. But you're just being bitter. I'll tell you what. Happiest man in the state of Illinois is Adam Kinzinger. He's like, all right, let's get a few more of these clowns in here. Divvy up that MAGA vote. I'm the nominee. So did you get Jeannie Ives in the race? What, isn't there already? I've forgotten the dude, that senator, uh, what's his name? Yeah, I was trying to think of that. That uh, senator's... Uh... <laughs> Shrimp, shrimp. Oh, Detlef Shrimp. Detlef that's shrimp. right. That's yeah. right. Detlef Shrimp. Yeah, just think Detlef Shrimp. Okay, there you go. Uh, so uh, Paul Shimp. Paul Shimp is his name. Paul Shimp. Got Paul Shimp. Got DB. Uh, you got uh, Man Cow, Mister Cow. Don't forget him. He's uh, right. And somehow or other, Rob Blagojevich is trying to figure out a way he can run. I know it's against the law, but he's trying to figure it out. So far, I got to say, I, you know, I did call the Darren Bailey uh, was going to run for governor, but my money's still on man cow. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. Whoa, did not know that. <laughs> Let's go to the live stream chat. They're weighing in here on uh, the news of Darren Bailey. Uh, let's see here. Brianna weighed in uh, with the news here. Uh, it's a wrap. JB is governor until he decides to move on. <laughs> <laughs> 
What, you're not impressed with the candidacy of Darren Big Boy D.B. Bailey? Uh, D.B. is going to win over that Chicago vote. Come here. I'm going to spank you. Also, uh, in preparation to run against the richest politician in America, Darren Bailey is also uh, accepting donations of $1 billion. Yes, that's billion with a B. Whatever you can do to help out. Oh, you're going to need a few of those, D.B. Gotta need a few of those. Uh, DB versus JB. Didn't think of that till now. DB, JB, uh, big feller, big feller. Oh, man, it's a battle of the big fellers. <laughs> Elbows flying. Right now, JB's throwing down. Come on, DB, how many vaccines have you had? Huh? Okay, I don't even have a Band-Aid. Come on. DB goes, I'm scared of needles. Oh, okay. All right, and uh, now to the story that won't go away. Same headline different position for the third and i have a feeling not final time mike madigan steps down all right now to recap as quickly as possible 2020 mike madigan was the speaker of the house happy new year not anymore he was voted out but madigan still had his state house seat not anymore a few weeks later he stepped down but wait madigan is still head of the democratic party in illinois not anymore and my god how many titles do you have sir (laughs) Uh, all right. I did a little calculation before the show, D, very brief. So I can't say with any degree of certainty that this is completely and totally accurate. So I humbly apologize for misleading anybody. I think he has two outstanding positions that he holds that he could still step down from. So we can have further updates. Well, uh, breaking news, Mike Madigan has stepped down from his position as 13th Ward Democratic Committeeman. He's still that. And I believe he is still, unless he resigned uh, this position yesterday as part of that, like, maneuver where he stepped down as party chair, he is still the uh, state Democratic Committeeman from, what would it be, the, the, the third congressional district. I think it's the third congressional district. Don't quote me on that and have our staff or our researchers uh, look it up. Frank. Frank. <laughs> what I can't find out, D, is who was the state rep in the 22nd legislative district before Michael Madigan? I looked it up uh, on the Internet and Wikipedia had it wrong. How about that? They said it was Frank Savickas. It wasn't. He was a state senator. So I don't know. I don't know who it was. Who was the that's and it's bothering me. You know, I know, I know this is a cry for help. Like, he, he's only been the state rep since, like, what, 1972? So, but I should know these things. Like, I just feel like I should know who's the state rep before Michael Madigan. I should know that. It bothers me that I don't know that. Sorry, D, I'm just confessing to you right now. So, no worries. February 22nd. 2021 at 10:39 p.m. the Chicago Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton writes in his latest handoff Mike Madigan the former Southwest Side powerhouse announced Monday that he is stepping down as head of the Democratic Party of Illinois just one day after telling reporters he had no idea when he would do so <laughs> I know he did say that <laughs> beats me what a guy, Madigan. Still playing games. Still messing with the press corps. I don't know. That's something I'll decide somewhere down the road, meaning later tonight. <laughs> yes, the resignation comes less than a week after Madigan stepped down from his Illinois House seat in six weeks to the day since the beleaguered legislator gave up his bid to remain speaker. 
Ben, believe this or not, I don't know. Yeah, you know, whatever. But a spokesman was not immediately available for comment on uh, on the situation. Uh, uh, a spokesman for Madigan? Yeah. Steve Brown, where are you, my man? He's like, I'm so tired of taking Madigan phone calls. No more. I'm not taking any more Madigan phone calls. The de- I don't blame you, Steve. The decision sets off a scramble to replace him with U.S. Senator Dickie D. Dick Durbin backing U.S. Representative Robin Kelly for the post and Governor J.B. Pritzker and U.S. Senator Tammy Duckworth throwing their support behind eight, uh, Eighth Ward Alderwoman Michelle Harris. Vice Chair Karen Yarbrough will be appointed as interim chair of the state party until a new chair is named. Uh, that is according to a statement announcing the resignation. Um, well, and since we've done this two times already, you know what part comes next, guys. On to Mike Madigan's response. And I'm so glad Rachel Hinton added this sentence into this story because for some reason it's very easy for people to not recognize what's really going on here. Uh, Rachel Hinton writes, as he did in his other resignations, Madigan chose not to focus on the federal investigation driving it all. Instead, treating this departure as an occasion for a victory lap. All right, now let's hear from Madigan. Madigan says, over the last two decades, we have elected a diverse array of Democrats across Illinois and helped send a hometown Chicago leader to the White House, turning Illinois into a Democratic stronghold in the Midwest. Together, we faced conservative extremism and stood up for working men and women. I am confident the Democratic Party of Illinois will continue to cement our place as a beacon of progressive values. Madigan also thanked his family, saying his work, quote, would not have been possible without the support of his family, Shirley, Lisa, Tiffany, Nicole, and Andrew. I think each of them for their unwavering love and support that has allowed me to do this work for so long. Ben, are you crying right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm not crying. The only one crying is probably Lisa Madigan. Lisa Madigan, of course, of uh, one of the kids that he mentioned uh, in passing, he used to be Attorney General, State of Illinois, had great ambitions to be governor, would have probably be our governor, said Michael Madigan wouldn't step down as speaker then. Now he steps down with the Commonwealth Edison uh, matter hovering over him. And by the way, only because those 18, wasn't it 18? Remember the bus gag we did for months? The 18 state reps who were on the mat. Wait, I'm, I, the dyslexia is kicking in. The bus was people who were going to drive over Madigan. Yes, who were on the bus. And they wouldn't budge from the bus. And so Madigan, he had to step down. He didn't have the votes. Give him credit. And I give him credit for this. At least he wasn't Donald Trump. You know, at least he didn't, like, start tweeting out. Can you imagine if Madigan started tweeting out derogatory things about Will Cazardi and Ann Williams and Kelly Cassidy and all the other state reps who said they weren't going to vote for him and uh, started trashing them and get the committeemen in their uh, districts to go against them. Although it is interesting that Casey, now that I think about it, Kelly Cassidy wanted to get promoted to state senator to fill a vacancy for Heather Staines. This is really inside baseball, ladies and gentlemen, and didn't get it after she rebelled against Madigan. Interesting, D. Interesting. Think about it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Interesting. I never thought about it until right now. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it until right now. The power of Madigan. Oh, you mess with me, Casey. I'll show you. Oh, my God. Yeah. I recall that Madigan bus, by the way. Long gone. You're When's the bus coming? It's long gone, dude. 
Long I, it's a long gone. I can't remember. I'm on the bus or off the bus, feeling a little nostalgic about Michael Madigan. Uh, wait, oh, hold on. Wait, there's a bus. Ben, hold on. Wait. Oh no, it's just the CTA. Never mind. Hold on, and there it goes. Oh, uh, brown line. Voice, by the way, with uh, Edward uh, Kadat, a man I never heard of until he replaced him as state rep. Uh, and uh, this was Michael Madigan's choice. Very interesting little debate that took place on the south side of Chicago yesterday, southwest side of Chicago. Michael Joseph Madigan was stepping down as state rep. And as you all know, you've learned this uh, from listening to this show, that a vacancy is filled by the committeeman in the district. And Michael Madigan had the most weighted votes, so he alone could determine who his successor would be. Uh, Aaron Ortiz and uh, Alder, Alderwoman Silvano Tabaras had different ideas. They didn't want uh, Edward uh, Kadat to be the state rep. I don't know if you follow this, uh, D. So uh, uh, Alderwoman Tabaras was grilling him with these questions, like for his positions on, very poli on various policies. And this guy, he's a 26-year-old. He used to be a, uh, I think it was like a ward I don't know what he did. He worked for the uh, city of Chicago. I had some job with the city of Chicago. Uh, it's going to be a raise for him because he's going to be moving from, I think, $40,000 to about $67,000, something like that. And he was like saying, well, who's your favorite governor? And he goes, uh, to be honest, I don't have one, which, you know, hey, he doesn't have a favorite governor. Trick question. That's like that question they ask uh, candidates in debates. How much is a gallon of milk? And to show how, like, you know, the, in touch with the common man they're supposed to say. And D, I'm always like, you know, I'm really kind of a common man guy, but I have no idea what a gallon of milk costs. Cause mostly my wife does the shopping. If I were to say that, oh my God, I would be destroyed as a candidate. His wife does the shopping? That sex is big. <laughs> Plus I just don't really pay attention. Oh, his head's in the cloud, he's an elitist and a stop. That's what they would say about me, D. By the way, do you know how much a gallon of milk costs, young man? Who? Talking to me? <laughs> Plus, I always get mixed up. Hey, I'll let you off the hook. A it's between like two to three. Gallon. Between like two to three bucks, usually. So, wow, is that true? So then I'd be like, this is really embarrassing because this shows my lack of mathematical understanding. So they'd ask me, okay, candidate Jarowski. 350. How much? No, not three. How much is a gallon of milk cost? And everybody would be looking, and I go, "All right, now wait. Which one is the gallon? Is it the big one or the little one? Because I get it mixed up." And they'd be go, "Oh my God, what a numbskull!" <laughs> but I would know who my favorite governor is. Henry Horner. Come on, everybody knows that. I just said Henry Horner, and then <laughs> Alderwoman Tabaras would have gone, "Who?" See, I'm kind of weird. I don't know what a gallon of milk costs, but I like know a lot about Illinois governors. It's really weird. I'm embarrassed. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think Michael Madigan uh, took the guy who knew the least about, <laughs> at least about uh, Illinois politics and uh, Illinois government to be the new state rep of the 22nd district, just to let everybody know 
He's still the boss. Oh, God, how gross. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the news in the city of Chicago. Today, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot was in City Hall at 9.30 a.m. for the signing of the Welcoming City Ordinance. The Welcoming City Ordinance eliminates exceptions that previously allowed police officers to work with federal immigration authorities under certain circumstances. Chicago City Council passed the latest update to the Welcoming City Ordinance by a vote of 41 to 8 in late January. Mayor Lightfoot signed the measure Tuesday. Previously, the Chicago Police Department was allowed to cooperate with immigration and customs enforcement if individuals were in the city's gang database, uh, had an outstanding criminal warrant, had been convicted of a felony, or had a felony charge pending. Yes. And this ordinance is otherwise known as the one campaign promise that uh, Lori Lightfoot make good on. We talked a lot about this last week, Dee. We talked about how she's abandoned her support of an elected school board, and she's basically abandoned her support. We'll be discussing this with Maya Dikmasov in a little while, of a civilian oversight board. Uh, and uh, she abandoned her campaign promise uh, to get rid of the Lincoln Yards TIF, and uh, she abandoned her campaign promise to be more transparent with city government. And she abandoned her uh, campaign promise, what? To be more compassionate with the way uh, people are treated when they have to deal with the cops. Uh, Aunt Jeanette Young is exhibit A of that. And uh, so this is the one campaign promise, apparently, she's keeping. So, hey, hey, holy mackerel. Yeah, I'm glad I voted for her. See, she kept this promise. Ah, ladies and gentlemen. What a mayor. What a mayor. And finally, tonight at 7.30 p.m., Chicago Mayor Lightfoot headlines a fundraiser for LPAC, which supports LGBTQ candidates. Cubs co-owner Laura Ricketts and real estate investor Jennifer Pritzker are hosts. Hmm. A lot of money will be raised at that. Uh, I'm sure not one seriously progressive candidate We'll receive any. Ah, maybe Kelly Cassie will get a little money out of that. And uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, some uh, Northside pals uh, will get some money out of that. But uh, I just have noticed, D, more and more the growing rift between the, the left uh, and the Dems in the state of Illinois, particularly in the city of Chicago. And it's uh, fair, very noticeable right now uh, in. Uh, the city hall, we see that all the time, where um, Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, has ba- essentially waged political war against the Chicago Teachers Union. Uh, and uh, now the Sun-Times also uh, championing the notion that we give all the power, I don't know if you saw that in today's editorial, all the power over uh, civilian oversight, uh, excuse me, over the all the power over the police to the mayor. The mayor must wear the jacket is the argument. That's such a classic Chicago argument. All power must be centralized in one person. Otherwise, what? Chicago will slide into Lake Michigan. Sears Tower will jump into the lake. I, I can't think of I can't think of any examples of having an all-powerful mayor that's really worked well for Chicago. But that's the that's just the prevailing wisdom in Chicago. That's the mentality of Chicago. It was like when Her- as soon as Harold Washington died. The powers that be in this city say, we're not going to let that happen again. So all powerful 
right down the center mayors who are anti-union when it comes to teachers and uh, do not believe in any kinds of democratic elections. That's what the powers that be in the city of Chicago want, because somehow or other to them, that means order. Even if the mayors take that power, do really stupid things like selling the parking meters for a fraction of what they're worth. Anyway, D. All right. That's our local news, everybody. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, like the bonus interviews that we posted over the weekend. You can go check those out right now, chicagoreader.com, wherever else you download podcasts. Over 900 episodes of this show, people. Go catch up on some shows that you may have missed. You can reach us online at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com. If you want us to read your email on the program, Leave your name and where you're from. Very helpful. Also, you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show. It's true. We have a phone number, 708-658-4788. The number again is 708-658-4788. We would love to hear from you. Also, become a binhead. all right? We're getting a little campaign going here. Help out the Ben Jarofsky Show. Become a binhead. Subscribe. Go to chicagoreader.com slash Jarofsky for more information. All right? You can always do that. And coming up, Ben's greatest hits book. Ben, how long did it take you to put this book together? Could be too long. And uh, a lot of angst in putting this book together. A lot of columns and articles I had to go through. but for And I kept changing like the theme of it. And I... Ah, my life's an open book anyway, but uh, in some ways it was a labor of love, and in other ways it just got to be. By the way, breaking news: Tiger Woods mm-hmm. hurt in a one-car rollover crash. It's just like popped on my screen right now. Breaking news: Tiger Woods. They had to extricate him from the car. Man, poor Tiger. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, it was a lot of work, and it was. Uh, in some ways, it was enjoyable going back and reading those articles. And you know what? This is, I was thinking of this with Neera Tandon. I talked about Neera Tandon at the outset. And Neera Tandon, of course, uh, one more time, is the uh, uh, Biden's nominee for the Office of Budget Management, who probably won't get the gig because no, she was, uh, she, her tweets are really embarrassing. And she went back and erased the, the offensive tweets, which I, I'm sorry. If you make them, keep them. You know, unless they're really, really offensive and you're horrifically embarrassed. And then which case you have to confront what you wrote in a very realistic way. But just to erase them because they're politically inconvenient for where you are right now, even if you still believe them. Like she said that uh, vampires have a bigger heart than Ted Cruz. I would love for her to address that. Do you think vampires have a bigger heart than Ted Cruz? I know it's a metaphor. But you're saying that he's heartless. Do you stand by that? Well, considering the fact that he just ditched all of Texas and uh, hightailed down for Cancun in Mexico to hang out on a beach and drink margaritas while everybody else is freezing in his home state, I'd say that's a pretty heartless act. And she should have the guts to stand up and defend it. And if she loses, she loses. But, D, it's just something about it that's so weaselly about getting rid of the tweets. You know what I'm saying? Because now they're problematic for you. Your career may be offended. Your Excuse me. Your career may be damaged by something you wrote six months ago, which you now claim you don't believe in. Wow. That's fast. You just overnight, as soon as you were your nomination was in trouble, you don't throw out the window everything you believed in to your heart of hearts. Just what? 
a month ago, two months ago, three months ago. So I had a lot, lots of issues. That, and that's kind of what I was confronting, D. I'd be reading some article I wrote in 1985 or 86 or 87. I'm like, oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't know if this would uh, stand up by 2021. God. Oh, yes. Yes. Whoa. 40 years, guys. I'm 37 years. years old. And you can li- you can read the 40 years of Ben Jarofsky's career with his greatest hits Go check it out, everybody. For more information, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. If you become a binhead, rumor has it you get a little bit of a deal on that uh, Chicago uh, Reader Greatest Hits book from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Just saying, go check it out, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. All right, Ben, the time has come. We send an email to our guest, and we see... If they respond, how are you feeling? Maya Duke Mosfa's coming up very shortly. Ben, how are you feeling about Maya? You think she's going to respond here very soon? Yeah, Maya's pretty good about this. Pretty Maya's good. Pretty good. A lot of our guests are kind of, I'm not saying it's a generational thing, you know. Um, I'm not saying it's a, I actually do not believe the whole, the whole email trip is something else. Like people don't look at their email. That's something yeah. I've just. And by the way, talking about a uh, tweet and delete, uh, don't have to worry about that with Ben Jarofsky. Uh, <laughs> he does not complete a tweet, let alone delete a tweet. So, so, but I, I was, I just want to say that, yes, there were a sentence here, a sentence there that maybe I would not write in 2021, but I did not delete them. D. I did, I did not delete them. <laughs> I said, you know what? Let the chips fall where they may. <laughs> I wrote it. It's there. It's part of the record. What can I say? To quote Boz Gags. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> there was something. I'm like, oh, my God, I wrote that. Oh, my Ugh. God. Elton Brand will be the next Chicago Bull of the future. Oh, my God. I can't believe I wrote that. <laughs> oh, my God, D. My writing career goes so far back before Elton Brand. Elton Brand was like midpoint. This is the midpoint. Listeners are like, who the hell is Elton Brand? Elton Brand was the midpoint, the number one draft choice for the Chicago Bulls in 1999. Elton Brand, a one-year center out of Duke University. By then, D, I had already been working for 18 years in the city of Chicago. So you could say that was the midpoint my career as a writer here in town. All right, everybody. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, Maya Duke-Masova, she's going to be here. Do not worry. Uh, it's the Ben Jarofsky Show. We are live from my apartment in Ben's attic. And there she is. Hang tight, everybody. 